As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry, hear that local shouting, it's Dainer and Jay, it's Dainer and all right, welcome to the latest edition to hear that podcast. Growling Pollyder Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic here with you on the walkout on a day we're here at Ackershire Stadium. The Bengals beat the Steelers 37 to 30 because this is what you thought, Jay. Yes. Came into this game and you thought definitely sixty-seven points <laughs> between these two, and you got to feel like Samaj P. Ryan and Trent Irwin are really going to yeah. be probably the game changers in this one. And yeah, it all it all makes sense to me. I don't see how we didn't see this one coming. <laughs> that and it's just amazing that we're hearing words like comfortable and easy in the post-game press conference about how certain elements of this game played out. Zach Taylor said that the the play calling was easy at times because Burrow got into such a rhythm and this offense just kind of exploded with these backups in there. And it was not a surprise that they won, but everything else about today was, was pretty surprising. And if you're a fan and if you're listening to this, you probably are a fan. Uh, very, very encouraging. Yeah. You know what? You said it. There's a lot of things happened that usually lead to losses. We saw some sacks. We saw turnovers. They had not won a game this year. They were 0-3 in games with Joe Burrow throws an interception. He throws two in this game, including another T.J. Watt (laughs) superhuman thing that I don't think anybody even believes what they just saw, including Joe Burrow. Uh, It was nasty. It was cold. Their defense played like trash in the first half. They They were down at halftime. They were being put in tough spots over and over again. A lot was put on to Drew Chrisman in some spots in his debut for the punter. And they were backed up deep in their own end, having to make long drives. And they did it. And they did it. They kept they kept finding ways to win. They moved the ball. Joe Burrow is playing his face off right now. That's what this is about. Yeah. The Bengals are missing a lot. There's no chase. Joe Mixon goes off with a concussion. All these things that were kind of going wrong around him. But it don't matter. 
because Burrow's good right now. Even on a day where he had those two picks, soft tip passes, mm-hmm. he is just on one where he can. T. Higgins is turning into a number one receiver when he needs it. Tyler Boyd shows up when he needs it in the clutch after quarters of not being there. Three to P. Ryan, Trenton Irwin. There's a trust level with everyone, and there is an energy that showed up in Joe Burrow today that we saw more in full today than we had seen all year. You can just watch it off the Bengals' social media account. Yeah. A big old LFG and a we the big dogs. <laughs> you know, I he said after the game, this is one of my favorite wins since I've been here. He doesn't say that all the time. It's because he knows. He feels it. You can see him feeling it. This team has something going on about them, and he knows he's cooking, and he knows they've got the pieces to make a real run as they get ready to hit the absolute grinder of a schedule that they have down the stretch. And yeah, that's just it. It was it was not only what he did, it was what this meant. I mean, this was a gotta-have-it game. You're, you're 0-3 in the division. They go on the road. Everybody knows what the Steelers, this has been a house of horrors for this team in the past. And yeah, to, to come in here and play like that, coming off the bye, and really kind of putting the rest of the league on notice that, uh, yeah, this this team, no matter what weapons are out, still has a shot to go on a run like they did last year, as long as nine is is throwing the ball the way he did last year after the bye. And he seems to be, and I, you know, I, I just, I really marvel sometimes at kind of what we're seeing from him because, we talked. I wrote about his his evolution this week, and they talked a lot about just understanding when to make the big play, understanding how to keep yourself out of the negatives. And there was some negatives today, and there was some of the turnovers. But he said something after the game: sometimes checkdowns turn into touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And look what happened on pretty much every one of those Samaj P. Ryan touchdowns. Yeah. They checked it down to him. He gave him a chance. He made a guy miss and kept scoring touchdowns at the pylon, or they get the long screen. Uh, where they had the line out there in front, Cordell Volson, yeah. Stanley Morgan, uh, all out there, Trenton Irwin, way downfield, making plays. And you know, going around the locker room after the game, what you what you got and what I sense, and Jay, I don't know, we were in different conversations, obviously, working on different sides, but how everyone is really feeding off of the way Burrow's playing right now. Like this whole team has a real confident feel and they feel like they're really hitting something good. And it really does. All, it always goes back to just how well he's playing and how well they know, how much they know that they can go win a game because of him being who he is right now. I think this is the best run of his career, this this stretch here, especially when you consider the pieces he's missing right now. I mean, since 2000, the Bengals had three drives of 92 yards or more against the Steelers. They did it twice tonight and a 92 and a 93. And I did, I was asking people, cause I was thinking, you know, maybe there was something said the the 93 one is the one that really put the, the game away They're They're up by four, nine and a half minutes to go. Um, if things don't go well there, they're punting out of their own end zone with the Steelers with a chance to go down and take the lead. I was wondering if, you know, Burrow said anything, if there was any kind of message, and everybody's like, no, it was it was pretty much business as usual. You know that, that Joe's locked in, and we know that if Joe is back there directing things, we're going to be fine. 
it was more than fine. Those those two drives, the 92 and the 93-yard touchdown drive, on those marches, Joe Burrow, 11 of 11 for 159 yards. They faced one third down. Those two drives took 18 plays. Only one got to third down, and he hits a, a huge pass to, to T. Higgins on that lone third down. It was easy. I mean, football's never easy, but – Joe Burrow is making it look easy. This is not the Steelers defense that, you know, kind of had their legs cut out from the times last year. They didn't have the weapons to keep up. They were banged up, missing people. They had everybody back. And yeah. a big deal was made about how they had everybody back. And a big deal was made about how they were finding themselves in this defense with Watt now and and with Minka playing. And they can have KZ in there now, too. The first time they're kind of all there together. And Hayward has what? It really felt like this. The Steelers really felt that this is really their defense, okay, uh, that they expected to have all year that could carry a rookie quarterback. Well, it got diced. Yeah. It, it got it got diced up. I mean, that that 92-yard drive, in the, in the big picture of the season, you know, you're you're up by four. You're you're in your under your own goalposts mm-hmm. late in the game, and to go all the way down the field with ease and finish it off to put this game away and send everybody home. Um, that's a critical drive in the big picture of the season. That that really feels like a tone setter because this is the way that you know. And I'm, again, I I've even wrote about not hearkening back to last year, but like this is the way they won games last year. This is the way they have to win games. Games that feel like this. Games that get into the clutch moments. What have we seen in clutch moments this year? Failure. We'd seen losses. We'd seen them not make the final play. Well, today it was it was him and this Bengals defense, Bengals team, in a game that was close to the end, making the big plays when they had to do it. Now, this is not who they're going to face the rest of the way out. You know, they are about to play five of the top six current seeds in the AFC. <laughs> that is who's in front of them on the schedule, um, and so. They're going to go to Tennessee next week, and it's not going to be – Ryan Tannehill's not going to be like Kenny Pickett. Their offense is going to have a lot more juice, and they're going to have a defense that's probably better if mm-hmm. you know than this one that they faced today. And Patrick Mahomes is not going to miss the throws that Kenny Pickett missed all in the second half. Nor, nor is Josh Allen or any – or Deshaun Watson. and the, you know, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. So we, that's just it. And, and I think that's where – we look at this game and compartmentalize a little bit, like the energy and the confidence this team has playing the way that they are. You know, they, they lead the NFL last five weeks, 3.02 points per drive, easily best in the league. Uh, They're, they're killing it on offense. The concern is, is that, is this what it's going to have to look like? 37, 30. How many shootouts can you win when the comp- the quarterback's on the other side of the guys we just mentioned? Because what was happening in the first half is a major note of concern. Miscommunications on defense, yeah. st- leaving dudes wide open, not getting enough pressure. It changed late. They came out in the second half and fixed it. But this was a day where uh, I do think there was a lot. There's a lot to be made of the issues they had in the first half. I talked to Jesse Bates about it after the game. And he was clear. It is a big deal. It's a huge deal. 
getting the communication better, getting it figured out uh, because it wasn't good enough in the first half. Um, and they did button it up after that. But we'll see how much carryover of that first half shows up as the Bengals go forward. I mean, it is nice to have that buffer to know that you've got a, a quarterback like Joe Burrow, an offense like that that can make up for it. But you're right. This is that is not an explosive offense, the Steelers. And they were <laughs> they were hitting big chunk plays, and it was. It was guys wide open, and it was you, you could see that how scrambled the the Bengals defense looked at times pre-snap. They're running around trying to get lined up and um, guys going Eli Apple ran with the with the wrong receiver on the one that ended up being the the long touchdown pass to Pickens. It's part of that's losing a Wouzier. Uh part of that is the the young guy that CTB is in there, but they do. They've got to get that figured out because you Yes, you feel comfortable that you can win shootouts, but that's not sustainable. You can't do that week in, week out, especially when the the, uh, the people shooting on the other side are as impressive as, as a Mahomes and a Josh Allen and a Tom Brady and all these ones that they're, they've got coming up. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Steelers, I mean, had gone eight straight games without scoring more than 20 points at all. And they hadn't, in regulation, scored more than 20 points all year. That was tied for their longest stretch in franchise history since the merger. They didn't have a touchdown longer than 10 yards all season, and they had two today. And that's a concern. Um, it, all, all of that stuff is stuff that needs to get to get buttoned up. But credit them. You know, they did come out in the second half. Four consecutive three and outs. And suddenly at that point, the Bengals had taken back over a lot of control of this game. There's a couple. There's a special team side of this that I want to touch on, too. Uh, So we have the Chrisman debut today. And I thought he did pretty well. And the thought, I think the thought this whole time is is they, they had Kevin Huber inactive. They promoted Chrisman from the practice squad of, okay, here's your chance, Drew. Uh, go play well, and it feels like the job is certainly going to be his, and then they can make the move on Kevin Huber. And I think he did. You know, the biggest one was punting from back in his own end. He didn't hit it super well, uh, but it did end up a 42-yard net because it was a fair catch. Not at, In the list of things that could have gone wrong down there, it's not all that bad. That goes back to something that Darren Simmons talked about with us about making this move is that when you're younger and have the bigger leg, there's just the margin for error isn't so thin. Right. If you don't hit one great, you can still get a 42-yarder out of it. That's almost 
proving the point that Crispin is the guy as much as anything because the miss hit still gets you 42 and a fair catch in a big spot from your own end zone. That's important. Um, so I thought he I thought he punted pretty well and handled everything pretty well. And he had a, and he had a couple of bombs, including the one that got muffed and another mm-hmm. one that ended up pinning them deep in their own end. Both of those, let, I mean, both of them pinned Pittsburgh inside their 10. The defense does what they're supposed to do and, and forces a punt right back. And the Bengals flipped the field that, that quickly. And both of those ended up being scoring drives. Yeah. That after uh, Crispin had a 57 and a 50-yarder, the 50-yarder the was the one you mentioned that got muffed, went back in the end zone, and um, the returner was able to bring it out. But, yeah, I thought I thought he did really, really well. And it was it was not ideal circumstances to be kicking a football tonight. It was cold. It was windy. That thing had to have felt like a rock. And uh, he and Evan McPherson both plowed through it. That's where I want to go next. So it's a one-point game. It's in the second half. Uh, Burrow takes a sack on third down where you just can't on the edge of field goal range. And McPherson has to come out, and it ends up being – it's from 54. (laughs) We were watching whether in pregame – you know, uh, guys are struggling to to get the ball there from spots you normally see. There was their, their guy had one short from forty five at one point, but I mean, watch the kickoffs. Nothing was getting to the end zone today. Yeah. It is so cold; the ball is just not traveling. This field is a total disaster. It is a train wreck out there. Guys are falling and slipping on almost every single play. You have a guy. McPherson really in his first mini slump, right? The is Evan okay was kind of what's been the conversation the last couple of weeks. Everybody says, yeah, he should he should be fine. He's got his new holder. Yeah. He's in this mini slump. He's in this cold game. The ball's not traveling. Crap field. Crap field. Everything about it is a tough spot. And he buries it from 54. <laughs> To go to from a one point game in a game they have to have on the road to a four point game, stakes are high. I think that was the most impressive all around kick of Evan McPherson's career. And this is the dude that had the 52 to send him to the AFC title game and yeah. a kick to send him to the Super Bowl. Those were those meant everything, they meant more. Mm. But this total circumstances around this yeah that's as impressive as it gets and it was a huge play in the game because it allowed that long touchdown to put it away yeah and like you said that burrow took that sack i mean i i don't nobody asked zach about because there was more important things to get to in the postgame press conference but i wonder how much reservation he had about sending mcpherson out for that kick because of what we saw in pregame and um, it was. It, I didn't think it was getting there. It's really hard from our angle, but it looked like it was going to fall short. And then all of a sudden you see it go. It went into get barely over the crossbar, but it it was not a typical ripple the net kick from McPherson, even from that distance. And it was it was it was like Evan kind of did the Joe Burrow relax thing without saying relax. I mean, he he. Everybody was asking him about it before the bye. You know, what's going on? And he's like, I'm going to be fine. There's nothing to worry about. I'm going to go take a break, play some golf, be fine when I come back. And that was more than fine what he did tonight. Yeah. Uh, so it was special teams plays a big role. And they had some nice returns from Travion Williams. Mm-hmm. And, again, I mean, the names we're talking about, Pirine and Irwin and Travion Williams. I mean, this is just – 
it really was kind of a testament a little bit to the depth of their roster um, in, in winning this game. And that certainly goes a long way. Um, you know, the other thing was, I think the method in which they won resonated tonight. And it resonated with the coaches. It resonated with the players. Just this is this is what it's going to look like, and this is what it has to look like, and and for them to do that here. And again, it's Pittsburgh. Like they're not very good. Um, they have a rookie quarterback who's, you know, in the second half looked every bit a rookie um, and was rattled. Uh, but that said, um, you know, this was the type of game they had to go have um, when they had to have it. And, and I, that just, that seemed more than most uh, to matter and leave an imprint on everybody in that locker room tonight. You know, the weirdest thing about this game, Lael Collins had more tackles than DJ reader. We talked about DJ reader is nowhere on the stat sheet. And that's not to say he played a bad game. That's kind of who he is where he eats up space in the middle, but we thought he was going to be the big difference maker uh, and it was his first game back off of the IR. And um, at, even though he wasn't the typical DJ reader that you see, that they still, they did a good job against the run. I think Najee got out for one kind of long one, um, maybe 20-some yards. But they, they did, they, they especially in the second half. And when they turned Pittsburgh into a – they kind of did away with the run game once they built that lead and, and – they had to drop Pickett back over and over again, and they did start getting the pressure. Uh, Hubbard and um, Hendrickson both got home for sacks. It was just – there was a lot of weird stuff that you don't normally see uh, from a Bengals-Steelers game here, including a Bengals win. This is a hard they, – they've had trouble winning here in the past, and um, I, I think any win here would have made that, that locker room feel good, but you're right. The way that they won this game I really do think resonates and can build some momentum going forward. Uh, yeah, and the line only gives up two sacks. One of them was Joe Burrow inventing a QB draw play on the spot, according to Zach Taylor, yeah. essentially. <laughs> uh, so that wouldn't be on the line. Um, and certainly there were pressures, and, and he took a few hits. Uh, but for the most part, and, and Burrow pointed out, Collins and, and Williams in particular both were left on an island a lot. They didn't give him a ton of help, and they really ha- held up. He specifically talked about Jonah Williams having a really great game yeah. out there by himself. Um, and that goes a long way. A guy who's been embattled uh, a little bit and struggling for him to have a game like this against a guy that handed him his lunch a little bit in the opener uh, I think means a lot and goes a long way to building some confidence there as well. All right, Bengals now go to Tennessee next, a very good Tennessee team that is hot, that has a great defense, uh, and everybody knows what their running game is with Derrick Henry and how pissed off they're going to be about the team that eliminated them coming mm-hmm. back to their house again. So another big one, and all, all big ones. At this point now, yeah. um, you're earning every single one, but I feel this was the last one that was sort of you can't afford to lose to a team you should beat. And now you're six and four, and you have a seven game stretch where you gotta go find a way to go four and three uh, to get you in, and and that should probably be enough. But considering the opponents, that's a tall order. <laughs> but the good news for them is their quarterback's number nine, and he is smoking right now. Uh, and so they're gonna continue to ride that and that confidence they go through. We are hitting Thanksgiving week. 
so we're going to have uh, one episode for you. Uh, I'm taking vacation during the week here. I'll be back uh, for the game uh, on Sunday, but kind of taking the Thanksgiving week, uh, going to see some family. So we, we're going to give you uh, one, one, one version of the podcast, but Jay's got you covered, of course, all of our stuff during the week. And then we'll be back to you then after that. So from Pittsburgh... On a day where uh, the Bengals win 37 to 30, moved to 6 and 4 on the year, we are signing off. We will talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody.